All right, all right, all right. Another edition of Gold Cup Daily. As you can hear, the jams. There's soccer in the background, but you can't hear it. Haiti versus Canada right now. Canada's up 2-1. Still in downtown Dallas. I'm Wiso Vasquez at the Press Box Grill again because I decided to come back again. But today, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I have uh, two very, very important people that are covering the Gold Cup. Uh, my esteemed colleagues. Number one is Mr. John Arnold. John Arnold, you know him. He's been part of the Mexican Sox for a long time. He is uh, the voice of CONCACAF, I would say, outside of CONCACAF. Is that, is that right, John? Is that cool? We can call it the independent, the best independent coverage of CONCACAF. There you go. The best independent coverage. And then I would have to say the best dependent. State television. <laughs> I have Mr. Arch Bell. And if you don't know Arch, Arch, there's so much that, you've do, that you do. And people may not know who you are. You're very quiet, very humble. But Arch, what are you doing in this Gold Cup? So I'm the, I'm the Gold Cup reporter for CONCACAF.com, covering Group A for Mexico. Covering Mexico or covering all the way until the final. So for CONCACAF.com, I, anything that you see on CONCACAF.com, a lot of the stuff comes from me. There's usually no names or bylines in articles, so um, very mysterious of who's writing it, but it's probably Arch has to do it in any with Mexico, so we're there. So if there's anything about Arch, he knows a lot, a lot about football and about soccer and history of soccer. Not that John doesn't, but Arch is older. Um, Arch's first World Cup is 1986, and he could remember, you know, where he was at in the final because he missed it. Um, but, uh, but anyway, lots of history in this game. Uh, in, right here at this bar, we've been talking all about the Gold Cup. We've been talking all about the U.S. missing the World Cup. It's been probably an hour and a half of reminiscing of where we were at in the game. So uh, if you ever get to see Arch and John, ask them about any game, and they'll tell you where they were at. So it's, it's pretty fun. All right, let's get now to the nitty-gritty. Uh, which is Mexico in their third game coming up against El Salvador. Uh, but really quick, your thoughts, John, on the on on the win. Very finally, you know, something positive in Mexico in this Gold Cup, and you know what the highlights of of the win. I think Funes Mori scoring two goals is quite positive for Mexico. I mean, that might sound obvious or silly, but. This is a team that desperately needed someone to score goals. Their depth at front is extremely thin. You know, Tata Martino was saying before the game that if Funes Mori were to go down, eh, question mark, question mark, question mark. He said Pulido wasn't ready to go, which then he put him in the game with like nine minutes left. So I'm not sure sure what the situation was there. So at least Mexico might have backup if Funes Mori does take some sort of knock. But, you know, I think he definitely solidified his place. Not that it was in too much of a doubt, at least from my perspective, but he definitely solidified his place as the nine, and, and Mexico needed that, right? Ultimately, a pretty straightforward win for Mexico, which I think is another big positive because you should take care of a Guatemala team that got eliminated from this competition and then pulled the biggest Lazarus since Lazarus. So, uh, you know, pretty uh, pretty nice comeback there, and and, uh, and and it's a team that, look, I, I've got to profile several guys from Guatemala during this uh, pre-tournament and tournament. Nothing but respect and admiration for the efforts that they're doing for how quickly they got their team together for playing you know sunday against el salvador they played with zero training sessions but not quite at the level that mexico's at so they should have taken care of them and they did guatemala got eliminated from the gold cup 2021 twice in two weeks (laughs) right has that ever happened that a team gets uh, no okay i have uh there you go the first time you heard it watch this be a an article in the CONCACAF and it's gonna <laughs> maybe, maybe too negative uh, look uh, I applaud the Guatemalan uh, fans they did amazing um, if it wasn't for them I think the match I don't know where it would want because obviously everyone was looking about the chant 
Um, and then the rain came, oh, and uh, Arch, you know, who knows Texas, says that there might be rain delays for Sunday. But, um, but all the way, you know, if you're if, if by if you're listening in your Guatemala, be proud of your team that they came out because those very 15 minutes, Arch, we saw Guatemala almost be better than Mexico in those first 15, which we thought Mexico was going to come out gunning and go, you know, start scoring goals early. Yeah, I mean, Guatemala had some positive moments early. Uh, you're right about the fans. A lot of blue and white last night, which was a really nice, pleasant surprise. I mean, credit to, to them uh, for, for such a strong presence. And, uh, yeah, Guatemala, were they were they were okay in the beginning. You know, they, they had some moments. Um, but such a difficult situation. You know, the coach, new coach coming in. And and so, you know, for them to, to put together, I mean, watching the game, I was saying to John a couple times, I'm like, it's going to be really hard for them to score from open play. I just didn't see it. It was going to something that's going to have to come from a set piece. Um, but they did have a couple of looks here and there. It would be good to see them have, like, end on a positive against Trinidad. Trinidad is obviously still alive. But uh, we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, Guatemala, all things considered, you know, I, I, I think uh, – nice famine atmosphere and it's, it's just nice to see them back in the Gold Cup first time since 2015 especially with the population here uh, Guatemalan population so awesome to see a game like that it's, it's what we want to see um, as far as playing uh, players you know uh, obviously Funes what as you said John Orbelin Pineda had a great game anybody else that stood out that you're like okay you're finally fighting the rhythm um, Herrera is doing is doing well and I mean those are the three that everyone keeps talking about anybody else that impressed you uh at least better than Trinidad and Tobago? Yeah, I would say that, you know, I, I do think that the, de- the defense for Mexico was much more challenged in the, in the game against Guatemala, while the Los Chapinas didn't have a crazy attacking threat. In that Trinidad and Tobago game, it was truly, you know, 10 guys behind the ball. And then, in the you know, well, it was 11 guys behind the ball, really. And then the second half, it was 10 guys plus maybe Kevin Molino. So I, I thought that Carlos Salcedo and Luis Chaca Rodriguez Especially Shaka with his ability. I know people don't like Something him. Something positive about Shaka. I know people don't like him, but I'm a little. I've he always does been his a. Job. I've been a bit confused. I do. I think yeah, that's exactly right. That he does his job and he does key what Tata Martino asks. He wants a guy who can get forward well, and and Shaka certainly did that. He found a lot of space down that right hand side, and look, you saw two. I think of the goals come directly from Shaka starting the play or 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 you know making the assist. So. I think he's a guy who stood out, and I think Salcedo, like I said, you know, he's a guy who, player that I, I really liked for some time. I thought he was one of maybe Mexico's best player at the 2018 World Cup, and it's kind of fallen off a little bit. If he can start to start to recover some of that form that he had in 2017, 2018, and, and that we've seen flashes of since, if he could show that consistently, I think Mexico would be much, much, much better for it because then you've got a starting center back written in ink. So I'd say Shaka and, and, and Salcedo both had pretty strong games. They'll be tested more. Sunday even, and, and then if Mexico is able to advance even more so in the knockout rounds, but positive omens at least for Mexico on, on the back as well as the front. And, and Arch, I mean, we're all happy. Mexico won. Funes Mori with his gold. Orbelin Pineda with a, with a goal and an assist. But just like you said, this is Guatemala. It, has Mexico really been tested? I mean, Trinidad and Tobago gave him a test. And here comes El Salvador. So let's preview really quick El Salvador. El Salvador, which when I asked you at the beginning of this conversation about an hour and a half ago about the Gold Cup, I said, what team has surprised you the most? And you said El Salvador. This game is going to be tough. Uh, you know El Salvador. What can we expect from, from them and uh, what Mexico has to do? Yeah, I mean, El Salvador have been really good. You know, two clean sheet wins, 2-0, two, 2-0. Two uh, against against Guatemala and Trinidad, 
Joshua Perez, you know, a guy who was in the U.S. system, he played at Fiorentina, he made it his first team debut at Fiorentina. So the guy has qualities. Hugo Perez, the head coach for El Salvador, that's his nephew. Um, he was at LAFC for a while. You know, they've kind of dipped into some of that MLS talent pool. Eric Zavaleta, a defender. Uh, Joaquin Rivas, who's, who's not in MLS, he's in USL Championship. So if, when you watch El Salvador play, their, their speed of play is a lot quicker than it used to be. You see how they move the ball. They're moving the ball, you know, from side to side when they switch. It's, it's, just, it's just a faster rhythm of play. Um, they're able to win the ball back quicker as well. And, I mean, they're just playing with tons of confidence. And El Salvador... They're going to go for it against Mexico. I mean, they love nothing more than to beat Mexico or at least get a result. So they're going to be they're going to be very very dangerous. That's going to be a really it's going to be a tough game for Mexico because El Salvador have some players that will that will test the Mexican defense. I mean, Josh Perez, Rugamas, Enriquez, all those players are um, are going to. I mean, they won't be afraid to go one v one against your Chacas and your Salcedos of the world. Yeah, they need Rugamas to get fit to give them a true number nine. The first game against Guatemala, they tried to play with Enriquez as the as the forward. Enriquez moved to the wing, and all of a sudden they started creating chances. And then he was staying there in the Trinidad Tobago game, and they did quite well again, creating chances. He's a guy who came out of nowhere for me, at least. I don't know if you knew him a little bit before Arch, but played in the is the domestic league and had one cap in 2015. And since then, all of his appearances have been in the Hugo Perez era. I think it's worth underlining Perez because he's a guy who actually scouted for the the Mexican Federation in the U.S. not that long ago. He's Salvadoran American, played for the U.S. men's national team back in the day, and has always kind of wanted an opportunity to, to, to do something like he's doing now, which is coaching the El Salvador senior men's national team, coach the Olympic team. El Salvador draws against Montserrat in March in qualification, and all of a sudden they say, who the heck we got that can lead this team? Perez is right there, and they move him in. And since he's arrived, they've had a little bit of swagger, I would say. It definitely feels like they have the confidence that Arch is mentioning. It feels like they're they're playing in a more attacking way, which is obviously leading to more goals. But at the back, especially with the addition of Zavaleta, they're also looking stronger. I think that Perez has got this team playing confidently, has the team understanding what the, what he's they're being asked to do, and, and is really exploiting the strengths of the players that he has, benefiting, yes, from some new additions, uh, which they've uh, really also sold out to. They've hired a scout in the U.S., um, to look at players and try and bring them over. They've got a new sporting director who actually has some U.S. education. So you're seeing all these things come together at the right time for El Salvador, not only to have, I think, a decent run at this Gold Cup. They're already through to the next round no matter what happens Sunday, but also maybe to be a little bit more complicated than people think in qualification. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. hold on. I mean, if anybody listening to now, you're like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we saying that this is El Salvador is a better than a Costa Rica right now, better than a Honduras right now, or no. just because El Salvador is kind of surprised you the most that okay you're giving credit for what they're doing i would say this could be the most the most difficult game for mexico's before a semifinal. it's possible i would just say that they're taking a big step forward right i I think that costa rica honduras panama Panama. still have to be seen over el salvador okay canada for sure yeah but like but this isn't your el salvador of two years ago got it yeah yeah i think i think I think mentally, I think they look, they appear to be stronger. I think that's where Perez, you're talking about confidence, mindset. I think that's where they've probably made some inroads. Now, granted, in qualifying, they got St. Kitts and Nevis, you know, so out of all the possible opponents that they could have gotten, they got the easiest one. But they took care of business and they're qualifying, so full credit to them. And I mean, Trinidad and Guatemala, like, those are games that they've lost before in, in previous tournaments. So. Um, you know, their mindset's really, really good right now. And, and no matter who, but they're going to be a tough out for anybody. 
that's awesome. Good, good to hear, especially competition. All right, we know what's setting of the game. Mexico, uh, El Salvador, again in the Cotton Bowl, which Arch, you're telling me, and, and you know, John, there's a heavy pop the population of the Salvadorian community yeah. there. You're gonna, it's just like Guatemala, and it's gonna be an entertaining game. It look, probably more than 15,000. You know, we'll hopefully see the Cotton Bowl. It's a Sunday night, Sunday night game. Uh, Mexico is an important game. There's still, you know, ticket sales that are there, so it should be a good, good, good atmosphere. Um, Anything else as far as Mexico? And, and I want to ask you guys, there's three games in eight days. Do you expect that to make some changes of what you saw? We saw Pulido come in, um, or, you know, it's kind of now or never. They got to make this win because when we're doing, doing the math, Mexico doesn't score, doesn't, I mean, they could go through with a 1-0 loss, but Trinidad can't score, you know, has to score like two or three goals to go in with a goal differential. But it's, uh, do you see any more changes in the lineup, John, or, 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 as far as maybe Pulido going in? I would be surprised to see Pulido at least to start just because of Funes Moray scoring two goals and the fact that Mexico do need a result here. You know, I think it would be a different situation if they had the six points and the opponent had four. Okay. They're sitting pretty. I say L3 friends, don't worry about not getting through. You should be fine. But that's not enough for me to say, let me start tweaking my team. Let me toss in a player who maybe isn't at 100% when my other forward is in form. I wouldn't be entirely shocked to see maybe some modifications in the midfield. Yeah. Maybe Jonah Ferguti, yeah, something like exactly that. Yeah. Jonah Ferguti? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think, you know, Jonah, whoops, he's coming back from injury. Thought that was working back in. He's not come off the bench. I think I think he's ready to, to take that starting role, especially such an experienced player like that. And that gives you a little bit more steel as well. I think, you know, Guti, I like what he does, but I think Jonah, with the experience he has, you know, exactly. obviously playing in the last Gold Cup and scoring, scoring. the most important goal, yep. scoring the goal in the final. That that's where I think you might see a change. I like Gallardo on the left back. I, I would yes. leave him there I for thought sure. He did better. Yes. yes. Uh, and and otherwise, I don't really see that much reason to tinker. These guys are, are pro athletes. Wednesday it gives you enough time to recover for Sunday, and then you got plenty of time as well. It's until the knockout stages. So, I would say situation Sunday and then normal. a Friday, it's like, it's like five, Saturday game. It's five days of rest. Yeah. yeah, it's a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time to stay in Phoenix, but that's where Weasel lives. So oh, good. yes, because it's going to be really, really hot, and there's, there's a bird. Yeah, and uh, I'm not paying his air conditioning bill, so I'm going to be at Weasel's place uh, turning it down. Uh, John might stay to my place. All right, um, just a quick to end it. Uh, I have you guys here. The Gold Cup is happening uh, outside of facts. Mexico. These, These are, are facts. facts, but but because, you know, it is it is the Gold Cup daily and focused on Mexican soccer, but... Um, uh, really quick, just your thoughts so far on the Gold Cup and teams. You know, you, you said surprise at El Salvador, and I'll start with you, John. Uh, how's this Gold Cup faring to other Gold Cups as far as excitement, some exciting games, and then a quick maybe where you see kind of the U.S. for us Mexico fans that are, you know, our rivalry, just kind of a little how you see the U.S. faring in this Gold Cup. Yeah, I think the tournament, it's been rough. Uh, you know, we've had COVID cases for Curacao that got them booted from the tournament. We've seen COVID cases for Haiti that's made them a much weaker team. Now Jamaica has one positive. It's the guy who scored the best goal for them last tournament, Bobby Reed, or last, uh, last game, Bobby Reed. Hopefully things don't continue to cascade there. Uh, there have been some bright spots. Qatar, Panama was a really, really fun game that I was able to enjoy in, in Houston, 3-3. And it's talking about the U.S., look, it's not their best team, but I think it is still a talented enough team to maybe make it into the final. I mean, I, they're going to have to show it. They're going to have to show more than they did against Haiti in the first game. But as we're talking right now, they're getting ready to play Martinique. I think they'll have a good showing 
in this in this next game. Then a tough test against Canada that is kind of a, a put up or shut up moment because Canada's a really really darn good team too. So I, I would say the U.S. They shouldn't be favorites for the tournament. They're not favorites for the tournament, but I'm not ready to discount them in any stretch. They're going to make the knockout stage, and from there anything can happen. Yeah, definitely, Arch. Yeah, I mean Canada's really impressive, right? I know that Haiti is a little uh, you know missing some of their big guns tonight, but Canada looks good. I honestly, right now, I think Jamaica's a team that could that could do it. Oh, I really do. No one's talking about Jamaica. Yeah, and and Jamaica. Jama- you know, I, I, I'll never forget, I, once I talked to Andre Blake and he said, we love the Gold Cup because we get to spend so much time together. He said, you know, when you're in friendlies and qualifying, you don't get, those windows are so short. He said, Gold Cup, we're together for weeks and we all like being with each other. So uh, I think Jamaica's a team that's one of those teams that they just get stronger as the tournament goes on. And they've got like seriously good quality in that side. Like Leon Bailey's a really, really good player. So... Um, I think if there's one team where I said, well, you know, if you're gonna, with the final being in Vegas, like, hmm, you know, they would be an interesting, they would be an interesting bet, you know, to, to maybe go all the way and do it and like become the first Caribbean team to win the Gold Cup. The reggae boys in the finals was. They need Bobby Reed healthy, man. He's gonna miss the rest of the group stage yeah, if he gets back going. They, I, I agree. I think they're the spoiler pick for sure. Yeah. When you look at the way that they, their defense is stronger than it has been since the last time they made the Gold Cup final. And, uh, and they got a lot of attacking weapons, too. So I, I think they could be in the mix. Starting 11 is out for the United States for those. Uh, yeah, that's coming out right there. We're seeing it. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, we still got – it feels like the game should be coming up tomorrow, but it's not. We got a couple more days for Mexico and Salvador. So uh, we'll come back with a, with a more preview. I'm sure there is a press conference in the day before. But we'll figure out what we talk about tomorrow. Uh, thanks, everybody, that keeps following and subscribing. And, uh, yeah, live from the press – well, not live. Press box grill. I ordered another veggie burger. John, what'd you have? Uh, a little cheese fries. That's cheese embarrassing. Fries. That's it. It's cheese fries and then uh, arch. Ooh, potato skins followed by a buffalo chicken sandwich. So going to the fitness center tomorrow morning, bright and early. <laughs> fitness center, bright and early. All right. Thanks again for following. Hasta la próxima. <laughs> All right. <laughs>